This is a Detail Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Dukin with the Duke. I am your host, Dustin, and you are listening to the next round of the Digo miniseries. Today we are playing River City Ransom. But first, we have beer. Alright, so the beer in front of me today is the Sierra Nevada Big Little Thing IPA. It's an Imperial IPA. It kind of looks like the hazy IPA stuff that they have. The little big or a little hazy or whatever. Uh, but this is a purpley purple can instead of the aqua color that you're familiar with. Uh, this is 9% EBV and 45 IBUs. And the nerd reference is the not really a nerd reference, but it is the John Wayne tribute, which is the 45 long Colt or the pistol. Make way for the big little thing, an Imperial IPA flexing a full malt body, restrained sweetness, and tropical hop flavors of mango, grapefruit, and tangerine. So all the things that we like in IPA, the West Coasty style is all there. The tropical flavors, the mangoes, the grapefruits, the tangerines, all good and awesome. So earlier I mentioned that it is a purple can. It is like a metallic purple, uh, very bright uh, color. The background of the logo is yellow on top of that purple, makes it look fantastic. All the letters are just hollow, and so they just come through as purple. It's a nice design for a can, right? So it just has like the seal, the Sierra Nevada seal with the big little thing in the middle of it, and then got little circles with hops in them and just circles that are not hoppy in them uh, as they go around. This is a 19 fluid ounce can. It is one of their quote unquote tall boys. So I'm pretty excited about uh, about this one. Uh, it poured out uh, pretty heady. Uh, wasn't really trying to do that, but you know, things happen. I got myself what, what color would I say this is? Probably a tails tails. Yeah. Number five, I think right there. It's pretty, uh, Pretty clear in the ring light. I think it is a five. Could be a six. The Starfax fur, but I think I'll just stick to the tails. Tail. It's unfortunate that there isn't any yellow or orange colors in this game. Maybe one of the gang's shirt colors, but it wasn't really that kind of darkness. I'll take this as a five. On the good old sniff test, you can take. You, like, you can smell those hops. You can pretty much like with your nose taste. Or know what it's going to taste like. Grapefruity, very like tangerine juicy, orangey. I'm not really smelling mangoes on the nose. I'm hoping that you'll be able to get it on the on the tongue. Uh, but we'll just go ahead and go through our evaluation sheet as we, if we can. Uh, I kind of skipped over the, the clarity. It is uh, clear, uh, but it is slightly hazy. Uh, so we'll just go with Casper, the slightly hazy. The head, there was quite a big head, but it is worked its way down. So it's more of like Ghidorah. It's like a moderate head. It took about a minute. And it wasn't like I was being rushed with it, but it just kind of was heady there, which is, I guess, is okay. Uh, carbonation, there's a lot of bubbles in here. I will go ahead and say that it is Snail Man, though. Snail Man's slow, as it's just kind of like floating up to the top. It could just be my glass, though. As for the aromas, they're pretty strong. Uh it's very, very overpowering tropical flavors on the nose and most likely the hops. 
So I'll just go ahead and say that they're Hulk strong. They're re- it really is strong. It's not awful, but it's definitely strong. Uh, the hops in here are going to be tropical DK country. Uh, the malt can't really smell much maltiness. Definitely just hoppy and juicy, really. Uh, as for the esters of it, you're going to have grapefruit pale, pale fruit. Uh, maybe a little bit of, uh, yeah, just, I mean, those are the only ones we really have a smell on too. Something orangey maybe, but it's just going to be probably just grapefruit pale. Okay. Let's jump right into the flavors. Uh, definitely can get a small hint of that mango in there. It, it, it most definitely has a very grapefruity, hoppy, tropical flavor to it. And there's a little bit of a burn too at the end of that. Kind of like a, a little bit of like a tingy burn. So it's not really like, oh, this is 9% alcohol, but it's still uh, it's it's still pretty there. I would go with mild, like a Tyrion Lannister mild flavor. And for the hops, definitely the annoying orange and a little bit of the DK country. It is like a good mixture between the tropical and the citrus. Yeah, I'd have to go with that one. Yeah, I was going to say fruity, but it's it's a little bit more than that. It's definitely tropically. So we'll just go ahead and... And seek the DK country. The hot bitterness part, this is, it's smooth, but there's also a little bit of harshness to it. It's definitely hoppy. You can taste that, but it's not super harsh. It's not super aggressive. It's like a moderate hop bitterness. It is a 45. So I guess moderate still works, but it is, it is clean on the tongue. It actually tastes fine. Uh, so just go with moderate and clones Anakin. Maltiness, I'll go ahead and just skip that one. As for the mouthfeel, it is a, about a medium on the mouthfeel, kind of just lingers as where, you know, how, how like when you're drinking it, it kind of feels like it is a big gulp. It's not like a, a very fluid. It, I mean, it is liquidy, but it, it's just it's there. There's a lot to it when you when you're putting it in your mouth. It's just it's there. The carbonation definitely feels faint, even though it has like a, a slow roll of carbonation, as I described in the appearance, it is kind of like a light, fainty carbonation. Uh, it is canned, so there's going to be some carbonation just from the process of canning. Uh, but it definitely is very faint, I'd have to say. So we'll just go with a Gannon carbonation. And then the finish is very short. It uh, doesn't linger too long with the flavors. When you drink it, it's kind of full when you're you know, enjoying the, the crispness, but it's gone shortly after. There's nothing left over, which is nice. So we'll just go ahead and say that it's the Justice League trailer. And as for the balance between the sweet and bitterness, I'm just going to go ahead and skip this because I've not seen Breaking Bad, so I don't know the references, but it is about in the middle between sweetness and bitterness. You can t- tell that there is uh, some sweetness to this, but it's definitely not super bitter. So I think it's like down the middle. And that would be like, Season four, Walter White. But I, I don't know the references, so I can't give you anything accurate uh, based on that. <sighs> All right. So on Untapped, Big Little Thing has 32,000 check-ins, uh, which gives it a 3.78. And there's five friend check-ins. All right, Chris Leland, he gave it a four. He said, my friend Jason V gave this to me to try. It's pretty good. It has a nice hoppy citrusy flavor. That ABV is hidden really well. I like it. Patrick Murphy, he gave this a 4.25. He said, fruit and crisp, not overly hopped. The alcohol is hidden well. Uh, Roll Baird gave it a 3.7. 
Jack said, yo, Kim, happy birthday. You're killing the age game and the wife game. 3.9 had nothing to do with the beer. Podcast favorite, Doug Egger. He gave it a four. He said, me, H, better, or probably meh, meh, better than expected, to be honest, at 9%. This thing is dangerous, which is accurate. Uh, like I said, it was hardly noticeable for the alcohol. There's a little bit of a tinge to it, but at 9%, you would expect something a little bit more, I don't know, alcoholy, right? Uh, just skimming through these, uh, we have a 2.25 from this person. He is bitter about it, didn't write anything about it. This person gave it a 4, didn't write anything about it. This person gave it 4.25, didn't write anything about it. Uh, very good, gave it 3.75. Uh, this little thing is doing big things. 4.5 from Tyler W. Drinking this at home. As we scan through here, can really see that there's a lot of people who just do what I do and post and not say anything. Uh, 4.25, very drinkable from John C., yeah, so it seems like everyone is enjoying this one. There's a there's a couple people out there, outliers who aren't, but it's fun. Great all-around Imperial, not too strong, but definitely heavier than the standard IPA. ABV will get you 4.25 from Dave T. I 100% agree with all of you. So I'm going to go ahead and check this bad boy in. I'm going to give it a 4 even. Uh, this one is a very palatable, very crisp, very clear IPA. 9% uh, is dangerous. Uh, because you don't really taste it in this and I'd advise you like if you're not going out to like do a, a thing uh, with craft beers or going to breweries but you're at like a Meyer or a Kroger or something go ahead and grab this because it's very delicious and it'll get you messed up pretty quickly especially if you're just chilling at home not doing much so I'd advise you to go ahead and do that uh, so I'm going to check this in at a four and that will be it for this beer segment all right, now back to River City Ransom. River City Ransom is an open-world action role-playing beat-em-up video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was developed by Technos Japan and originally released in Japan on April 25th, 1989. It is the third game in Technos Kunio-kun series released for the console, preceded by Renegade and Super Dodgeball, which is a fun game. Like its predecessors, River City Ransom underwent great changes in the storyline and graphical presentation during its localization in order to make the game more palpable in the Western market. It was one of the first console games published by North American subsidiary American Technos. Uh, the plot of the game follows uh, two high school students, Alex and Ryan, as they travel through the city uh, to get to the high school, which is uh, River City High. And rescue Ryan's girlfriend, Sydney, from the clutches of the villain named Slick. In the American version, I believe the name is Simon. Um, so in the character selection screen, when you start the game, you have a choice between... They don't really tell you the name in the, the character selection screen. And the only difference between them is one of them is wearing a blue shirt and white pants. And then the it's flipped for the other person. I believe white is Alex and blue is Ryan, I think. It's also just a matter of choice, like what you want up and up at the top or down at the bottom. They have the same face, they have the same fighting style, they have the same abilities. It doesn't seem like there's anything truly different other than the color for this. Uh, you do see the name at the top of the screen uh, when you do like the when you're fighting. You have your health bar and your health, well, health tracker really because you have little notches. You don't have like a health bar or anything. 
Uh, so you have that going for you, but other than that, you don't, there's no real difference between your choice. I think I kind of expected that, uh, Ryan would have like a, a cut scene with, uh, Cindy at the end, you know, the, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend stuff. But from, I picked Alex, but because I picked white shirt, but from any of the videos I've seen just by the end part of it, there's nothing remotely close to like a a lovey dove scene or things like that so uh not entirely sure uh about that but it's just i guess they weren't ready for it in 1989 to put a cute little animated cutscene to say thank you for saving my life i don't know uh along the way they battle gang of students uh, i always found that was funny uh you were in high school and you're fighting gang of students their names were like the generic dudes uh frat guys jocks squids and several of the gang leaders were like sub bosses or mini bosses uh, this doesn't really seem to age too terribly well at least in this culture you know calling all the bad dudes quote unquote the generics or the jocks I never really got the squids, <laughs> but like the frat dudes, I totally got when I was in college. You can tell like some nerd wrote this like, ah, oh, man, these bad guys are <laughs> the jocks. <laughs> yeah, we got to fight the jocks. Oh, boy. It just doesn't seem like it aged too well. Uh, the River City Ransom is a beat-em-up game with an action role-playing element. As previously discussed, the game is non-linear, allowing players to explore the open world in a sandbox uh, manner. So you can go up and down, left, right, and then you can go back to the previous screen, which is nice. The fighting style is very similar to Double Dragon, and the players can move freely along the screen while pressing buttons to punch, kick, or jump. Objects such as brass knuckles, steel pipe, trash cans can be used as melee weapons or thrown, which is really fun. Uh, when I first discovered that you could do this, there was like a flying chain i was like what in the world is that it just was crazy you know it was, it was crazy just f trying to figure out the physics band to throw is not so great because it, if you throw it it just goes in a straight path until it hits something or hits the wall uh and so it it's just it, it's just kind of funny there's no like decline to the throw it's just you throw it and it just tracks uh also the since the plane is not really a Z, not really technically uh, three-dimensional space. So when you're exploring, you really just have to take in no matter the X and the Y. Uh, but if you throw something at a villain, it's super close enough that it'll hit them pretty much every time. Whereas if you get something thrown at you, you could dodge it by going, you know, dropping down off that X or that Y, so you're dropping down on the Y, and it'll miss you, but pretty much hits the opponent every time, which it just could be game coding uh, to make it easier for you, but I felt that was funny. Like, it was super easy for me to dodge stuff, but if you throw something online with them, it pretty much hits them, even when they're not even close. Uh, characters affecting this in battles determined by several statistics and their knowledge of fighting techniques, such as Grand Slam, Stone Hands, Dragon Feet, which are purchased as books and shops throughout the city using funds recovered from defeating the gangs. So you're basically robbing these kids after they stole your lunch money forever. I don't remember buying any of these abilities. Probably why I didn't finish the game. 
because I, I didn't have the the perfect setup for that. Uh, this loot may be used to spend on various food items or spa treatments, which serve not only to revitalize your stats, but also permanently increase attributes like punch and kick. Uh, they also had an, a password uh, feature to this. If you remember a couple episodes ago, we were talking about uh, Metroid. Metroid also had a password where you just put in your password and you uh, were able to load your game. Whereas like Link to the Past didn't have that. Uh, they're just, you know, log in and do whatever and just saved it. But you can keep track of your character stats and skills, possessions, your money, your defeated bosses like that. Uh, without having to restart, the, there are nine, or yeah, there are nine gangs in the original NES version, and they all have different colored T-shirts. Imagine that. Um, so you'll fight them throughout the course of the game, and you'll be able to, you know, keep track of that. Saying, "Yeah, I did this. I, I fought these people. It was nice." So outside of Japan, River City Ransom was not highly successful when initially released. However, due to its unique gameplay and sense of humor. It is today considered a cult classic. Uh, this cult following combined with the game's character and humor inspired parallel works. It initially received mixed reviews upon release in Japan. Uh, Japanese magazine uh, Famitsu reviewed the game under its original Japanese title of Downtown uh, Neketsu Monogatari? Monogatari, yeah. And it gave a generally positive review stating that it is a fighting game which skillfully incorporates RPG elements, scoring it to 28 out of 40. French magazine Player One reviewed the game under its European localized title of Street Gangs and gave it a highly positive review, concluding that it is not to be missed and scored it at 93%. UK television program Games Master Generally panned street gangs with one reviewer saying he would rather sit in a vat of horse manure than play this game. Give it to your worst enemies with a score of 32%. So it feels like it's across the board here with what localization you had to enjoy the game. I don't know. Uh, retrospective views having positive IGN said the fighting mechanics are exceptionally achieved and the RPG-esque elements give it a ton of depth and replayability. They conclude that it is a classic cult-followed NES brawler that is a is still as deep and engaging as it was in the 8-bit era, scoring it 9 out of 10. In 2006, play contributing editor Eric Patterson, or yeah, Eric Patterson listed the game's cover art along with Groove on Fight as his favorite game covers of all time. In 2009, Nintendo Life gave it 8 out of 10. Eurogamer gave it 8 out of 10. In 2012, Games Radar ranked it in the 7th best NES game ever made. 7th best? The staff felt it was more mentionable, or it was more memorable than Ghost and Goblins, Legends of Cage, and Double Dragon. And it's still influential. In 2014, Games Radar ranked it the 11th best NES game of all time. So just in a short two years, it went down four slots. Uh, GameSpy gave the Game Boy Advance version a 4 out of 5. GameSpot gave it a 6.9. Nice. Uh, Japanese version, Downtown Nekatsu 
Monogatari was considered highly successful and would be followed by several spin-offs, including seven subsequent Famicom installments until Techno's Japan closure in 1996. One of the seven games, Downtown Special, Kanoyo Kon no... Uh, so many words. Um, I'm not even going to try. Uh, so one of the games, this downtown special, features the, the game's same gameplay system as the Monogatari, with the main difference being the characters are reenacting a play. Well, that's nice. Go them. Um, I don't usually give these games ratings. I usually, you know, say, do go ahead and play it or not. If you recall, I've had, you know, several games like Mighty Final Fight, you know, Card Fighter have different uh, type of opinions or views on uh, if you should or not. This one, I feel like you should. The gameplay is unique enough where you have, you can react with play, like uh, react with items and you know, you, you're, in, you're reacting with the environment and that's a very special Especially in 1989, uh, you pretty much had the RPG aspect of it, uh, more like a, I think, like a Diablo style. I think where you, you're not quite top down, uh, but you you are at some perspective, and you're controlling a guy in an area, and you're fighting mobs, and you're picking up loot, and you're using that loot to buy stuff. It's, I guess, modern day like Diablo, like if you want to take a look at it. So yeah, RPG fits this bill. Uh, I didn't get too super far into it. Uh, I mean, I played a crap ton of it uh, just to get ready for this. But th- like the special, I didn't really col- I collected all the money, but I didn't really go to the, any of the shops or anything. Mine was like trying to figure out if I can get through it in a sitting, which uh, didn't really fare well. Probably should have read up a little bit. Uh, guides usually help. Walkthroughs help. Just didn't have a chance uh, to purchase it. It, was, it sounds really cool to be able to get an item called the uh, the stone hands <laughs> makes a punch better grand slam i feel like that's like a, a power move from like a wrestling thing uh but i feel like definitely if you have the game i'm sure you already know how good it is uh if you don't have the game i'm sure you can get an emulator i'm not advocating for theft but let's go on ebay real quick The River City Ransom NES game. Uh, I guess you can buy it pre-owned for $15. Cool. So if you have the original NES system, go ahead and buy it for $15. Uh, Or you can save out for this one. This one's nice. Uh, NES Lot, Battletoads, River City Ransom, Ninja Gaiden, and Paperboy. Need over $90. Look at that. That is a deal. You're losing money on that one. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's still a couple, like, let's say you have it in, a, in the shrink wrap still. This game is $500. I don't advocate spending crazy amount of money. If you can find it in, like, a, a used game store, that'd be perfect. Uh, or you just get the ROM online. Yeah, and then get banned by Nintendo for me ever playing games because you're, you know, downloading and playing the ROMs. But I don't know. Yeah, I think you, sh- I think you should find a way to play this game if you are looking for a fighter game. And you're kind of looking for some nostalgia. That's That would be like my best type of review. So without further ado, I would like to end on this with a couple of the uh, like a short little bits of the soundtrack. 
Office to play, you know, here's your title screen and uh, things like that. And then you kind of get a feel for the game. There isn't going to be like any commentary to that. I'm just going to throw it at the end of this. Uh, but we can, it'll just be a few seconds of a clip that, you know, kind of gives you the feel for the game. Uh, but before I do that, I would like everyone to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Drinking Geek Out. We are on all of the podcast areas. I'm sure you already know that if you're listening to the po- this podcast. Uh, but if you were looking for like a, a better way to listen, uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Things like that. We're pretty much everywhere. So if you're looking for a better place to go, we're there. You can find us. Uh, we also have a Patreon where we have little extra little money things. Uh, we can pick a topic for a show or even be on the show. I don't know yet. Who knows? Nobody actually does it. So it's not like we know what the rewards are. Uh, we also have a Threadless store and a T Public store where we have a lot of our designs up there. Uh, Nintendo keeps DMCA and are completely original, but based on their shirts. Uh, so t- Threadless is going to be the one that has like the most uh, available designs. So, all right, without further ado, here are the tunes. All right, I said no commentary, but I could not do it. So, uh, here we are. This is the uh, prologue and the credit roll. Password screen, so when you do have that password, you can enter it in here. This is the menu in the shop one. This is the one that I never really got to. Here's the final battle when you're fighting Simon. There's a factory theme. Cutscene. When you're selecting your character. Here's a boss battle, which is, seems like a very bossy battle. A little bit of a second boss battle. Alright, coming up are uh, th- five, yeah, five unused themes, so this would be nice to listen to. This is probably just outside of the game that you have never heard of then. So number one. It's nice. Very calm. And this one, number two. Here's the title thing. Here's the streets theme. Not bad. 
And then here is the River City High School theme. And there you have it. The music of Ransom City. River City Ransom. <laughs> 